on this episode of Arisen, I sit down again with Amanda Miller-Garber, pastor at RISE at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, and we continue to answer your questions. We respond to those questions. We're so glad that you decided to join us today, wherever you are, for Arisen. Can suffering serve a purpose or be redemptive? That's part one. These are two questions about suffering. I'll go ahead and read them both. because Yeah, let's do it. And we can answer them both because I think they're really well related. Yeah. So first, can suffering serve a purpose or be redemptive? And second, if God knows, news slash knows all of the suffering that would be a part of the cosmic story, why create humans? Why create humans? Yeah. Oh. Well, I think I think for me, uh, yeah, suffering can be redemptive. I always struggle with the serving a purpose piece because then it feels like God is forcing you into suffering to prove a point or to do something for someone else. Um I think the bigger thing is, can God take suffering and pain and and even a evil that we inflict on one another and transform it into something good? And I think, yeah, I think that that's part of our stories. Mm-hmm. All of us have bad things and good things that happen to us, and we need community, but we can also be able to speak about what happened We find new family in the midst of difficult times. Um, Sometimes the people that have meant the most to us have come alongside us during the most difficult experiences in our life. And then we're able to speak and help others through very similar stories. And so I think that there's some redemption. We see that all over the Bible, right? About Jesus using opportunities to say, hey, Mm -hmm. this happened but I'm going to do something good because of it or in the midst of it. I think that that's very biblical. I think that's not to underestimate the trauma and the healing that needs to happen, right? Just because I'm going through a tough thing or I did go through a tough thing that doesn't give, make it all go away magically. We still have wounds and scars from difficult times, but there certainly can be good things that might come out of something, but I don't think God does it to prove a point. Right. Well said. Um, I was thinking of the story of Joseph when you were talking, um, when Joseph says to his brothers, right, toward the end of the story, hey, you tried to sell me into slavery. Uh, You considered killing me, but decided to make some money off me instead. You did everything you could to destroy me. What you intended um, for evil, God used for good. Um, so that's, that's an interesting example. I also, I am very sensitive to the ways that stories like that one or other stories throughout scripture have been, uh, twisted, manipulated and used to do harm. 
um, so often I think we encounter people who are genuinely suffering. And most of us are not great at staying in those spaces. We are not great at holding space where people are suffering for a whole host of reasons. And because of that, instead of holding the space, realizing very often the best thing to say when someone is suffering is, I'm here and I'm so sorry. If it's appropriate, maybe I love you. I am with you, right? But don't, um, and I've been guilty of this. I think many of us are. But we're so quick to try to explain in the moment. We're so quick to give the bumper sticker answer or the church sign answer. To try to make sense of situations that very often just are senseless. And learning how to hold space with those who are suffering, learning how to say less um, is a real is a real gift. Yeah, I would agree. I can look back on times in my own journey um, where I would say that painful situation, um, whatever that was that I might describe as difficult or even at times a form of suffering, I can now see where something redemptive emerged from that. But it was also very, very painful. Uh, So I think that those of us who call ourselves part of the church could grow. And again, I'll start with myself, could grow tremendously in our ability to be with. Um, I don't know that we need to jump to, well, this could be redemptive because. Um, or maybe this happened because da 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 da. I'm also thinking of our good friend Job. Um, the oldest book in the Bible, many scholars think, so interesting. Um, you have this guy who was really, really suffering, and his friends show up, his so-called friends show up and start accusing him, trying to explain away what's happened, right? It's like it's like a case study in how you should not respond to someone who is suffering. But I think that ancient history was incredibly wise and human beings really haven't changed that much. And we still do the same thing. So yes, redemption can happen, but perhaps we need to trust that maybe it will and not be so quick to jump right to the so-called happy ending. What do you think, Drew? Any other thoughts, insights? And I, why did God create humans? Can you answer that? I, I think one of the one of the things, as you mentioned, was that if I'm in the midst of suffering, if I'm the one suffering, sometimes it is helpful to to every once in a while stop and go like, what what else is happening here? Mm-hmm. That's healthy. Um, what's unhealthy is when someone else tries to like force me out of my suffering because usually of their own anxiety. And mm-hmm. as you said with Joe, by the way, when you said it at first, I thought you said our friend Joe. And I was like, who's Joe? Like I was in there for a minute, like, hmm. but then you know, but Joe, you know, that guy. But the funny thing about Job is at the end, God even rebukes the friends and says how wrong they were. 
mm-hmm. for doing that work and and not just sitting with Job mm-hmm. in the midst of his suffering. And so I I completely agree with everything you said. I think again this goes back to the creation piece is that God loves creation and God wanted to create. God created all of us no matter what other people say in God's image and gave us free will to be able to be in a relationship with God and with one another. I think it gets to free will, right? Like we have to be able to choose or else is it really love? Are we really created beings or are we just kind of robots? Not that Mm -hmm. the author of Genesis would say that, but in order to give us free will, we also have to have, the ability to choose God and choose goodness or Mm -hmm. to choose evil. Unfortunately for us, it's a lot easier to choose selfishness, to choose our own self, self-interest and evil, especially when it comes to power and wealth. And I know we're not getting back into capitalism, but I'm just saying it's easier and it's more beneficial to me. It's harder and we see that throughout Jesus's teachings, it's harder to choose others. It's harder to love others. It's mm-hmm. harder to put myself at a disadvantage to lift up others. And so I think that's kind of where we are is that humanity was made to love God with everything we have and love our neighbors as ourselves. We just oftentimes, all of us oftentimes choose not to do that. And that's why, yes, we have these incredibly difficult situations where we can look and see the terrible things that humanity has done to one another. But we also can look around and see incredible examples of love and grace and kindness and the ways in which God's love has been channeled through a particular person. And what's neat about that is oftentimes the person that makes the biggest impact in your life would be somebody I never heard of might be a, a family member, it might be a friend, it might be an acquaintance, it might be a seminary professor. For those of us that you know are, are pastors, oftentimes I hear about different seminary professors. But these are people I've never met, but you have experienced God's love in such a transformative and meaningful way that then that connects us to that person and it creates a web. And so sometimes I just think we focus... I'm a pessimistic person. I always think of the worst case scenario. So I always think sometimes of lifting up the negative stories and the suffering and the ways in which we hurt others instead of focusing sometimes on the beautiful ways in which we're community, the way God wants us to be. And I do that also when with communities as well. If somebody hurts my feelings, it takes me a moment to realize, well, this person has cared for me. This person has been kind to me. 99% 99% of the time and they made a mistake or are having a bad day. I, I'm not willing to give that to someone else. I immediately jump to, well, this person hates me now. Hmm. Man, I don't, I don't know that I can add to that. That's so eloquent. Um, yeah. So questions about suffering. I, I honestly think those particular questions are what led me to seminary. I think I had some sort of uh, bizarre idea that I would discover the answers. Didn't necessarily, but I was changed in powerful ways by the questions. 
So I believe that we are in a, at a perfect stopping place. Thank you again, Amanda, for all of your wisdom. If you want to find out more about Amanda, you can find out about her faith community in Harrisonburg, Rise, and they're just wonderful. And we're so excited and thankful for the partnership that we're able to share in. If you want to find out more about our campus ministry at George Mason University, you can go to GMU on Instagram or arisegmu.org. Be happy to connect with you there. If you have more questions, send them our way. We've loved responding to your questions, and we are just so thankful for you. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Whoa!